I have thought about making it like a loungy style room and like us. I was going to say, we should probably look at people who are like doing the casualish podcast where they're like like the video professionals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And see what they're doing and then be like, yeah, we should do our setup like that. Not people that sit in chairs that they got out of a dumpster. (laughs) Yeah. Or one that they got off Amazon for their gal pal. Or their headphones that or crumble their- <laughs> in their ear sockets every time. God, it's it's so bad. Look, it's really l- like- ready. <laughs> it's like dandruff, but <laughs> so gross. It's the chlorine. It ate it away. I can't help it. Also, the 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 headphones. <laughs> Fucking headphones. I mean, the, I was, I'm, the headphones I'm that buy I my- bought came in and they were practically youth sized. <laughs> What does that mean? That means they were like the quarter size disc. Are you kidding me? I was like, I need. Did you say you sized youth? I thought you said you no, like no. me. I was like, no. do I have small ears? No. What does this mean? Child size. I oh, first off, your hair is so big. It's full of secrets. I literally don't know how many times I've actually seen your ears in my life. I actually do have small ears. And do I, you? Yeah. Do you think that your hair is stunted? They're pretty small. Oh, my God. They are. Are mine? No. <gasps> what they're fat? I, <laughs> no, mine are short, but they're kind of chubby. No, I, that's false. I have thick lobes. Uh, <laughs> don't. <dare. laughs> Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. So I was on Reddit earlier, <laughs> and I'm you know gonna... I'm at, you know how scared I am of Reddit. Were you commenting on Reddit, or are you just no, on I was it? Just reading. Okay, because I'm not really brave enough to comment because no, I'm so neither. afraid that people are going to attack me and tell me I'm stupid. And honestly, like most of that's the time, my job. Most of the- <laughs> Most of the time, I don't care, but sometimes, like, something about Reddit, I just feel like everybody is smarter than me and knows more than me, and so... Which is I not just, true. But I just don't want people, me. them telling me I'm stupid. If somebody on Instagram was like, you're a dumb bitch, I'd be like, okay. You're like, go fuck yourself. But on Reddit, I would, I think it would actually hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, what's the difference? I don't know, because, like, my username on Reddit is, like, some ridiculous thing with a ridiculous, whatever default they gave right. me when I signed up, I just left it. So it's anonymous, basically, because right. I don't want anybody to know that I'm stupid. It's like, it's like, what is it? Like left winged bat. Like, oh, that sounds really targeted. It does. So I'm in the Akatar uh, community uh-huh. and I saw this post. It's actually from a year ago. Oh, my God. Is it Emmy? It is freaking Emmy. I had. God damn it. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me not some. Even, it's not even a theory. Like, I've. She, if she ever listens to this, she's gonna be like, "You guys are the biggest fucking stalking creeps in yes. the world." And you know, what I, I literally did yes, not know are. it was her until just now. We vibe, Emmy. We vibe. Literally, we vibe. I know. It's it's not really a theory, but it's a post by Emmy Ego from one year ago, and it's the titled "Why Tamlin's Eyes Shifted," a low key sad parallel that I never noticed. And it says Tamlin begging to save Feyre, and Tamlin says. Amarantha, please, Tamlin moaned, his blood spilling onto the floor. I'll do anything. Feyre begging Tamlin to save Reese. 
please, I wept. I will, I will give you anything. Something shifted in his eyes at that. And so I was like, what, how are we interpreting this? Yeah. So Kara Auden says, well, that hurt, but it also explains Tamlin's switch from pure anger to asking if she'll ever forgive him. Hearing those words, but with him on the other end of it, in that moment, I think he realized that he's the bad guy in Farrah's story. And then this one says, this is by Haunting Gold, says, I love how this has different meanings depending on how deep a person looks at it. On the surface level, they're basically saying the same thing. But if you dig a bit, it shows just exactly how different the two characters are and how far they're willing to go. Tamlin saying he would do anything Mm -hmm. still leaves the impression that he wants to live. He would do anything, which means he would have to live in order to carry out his actions. He'd do anything for Feyre except die. On the flip side, when Feyre is begging, saying she would give anything, it's implied that she would give her life if it came down to that. Feyre is willing to do more and give more for Reese than Tamlin ever would for Feyre. I'm like, ow. And then barely that hurts. Yeah. Do you feel for Tamlin a little bit? No. He was the bad guy. Oh my god. This says <laughs> this is barely holding on. Ninety-seven, Same. which I've never related to a username more. <laughs> it says, "Yep, I actually referenced this in the Tamlin closure one shot that I wrote. I'm not even a Tamlin stand, but it was a head cannon that I needed to get out." And there's a link to a four thousand word fanfic archive on archive on our own was like um, tamlin pov yeah i'll send you the link i was halfway through reading it whenever we started recording so i'm not going to tell you anything oh don't tell it, me but. anything but we will definitely link it in the show notes for sure yeah can i t- i'm going to read you the synopsis mm-hmm. or the summary i guess give me, give me, give me. it says three years later her username on archive on our own is captain underscore of underscore the underscore Gwynreal underscore ship. (laughs) (laughs) Captain of the Gwynreal ship. I love it. Okay. Except that I don't. No, actually I do. I love Gwyn and Asriel. Yeah, we want I was confused at first. No, we want Illusion and Gwyn Gwynreal. Yep. Yeah, I do. But don't come for us. Uh, (laughs) It's fine. You can you you can come for live. Yeah, it's fine. I can handle it. And you as long as it's not on Reddit. Okay, so the summary, this says three years later, and the summary says, Tamlin has been running around the spring court in beast form for the better part of two years. On what would have been their third year wedding anniversary, Lucian visits Tamlin to give him some updates about the other courts. Tamlin asks him about Feyre. Lucian informs him about the basics, but lets slip that she almost died giving birth the previous year. In a fit of extreme emotions, he grabs Lucian and winnows to Valaris to see her one last time. A one-shot Tamlin closure fic. It is 4,200 words, so it's not super long. Casual. Casual. Oh. I mean, I think I've made it very clear how I feel about Tamlin on this show. I, I'm going to stand by this. Tamlin and Reese are the same. It's just the different environments, the different support systems, the different everything. Yeah, I mean, that I makes a think huge that, difference. I actually think that Tamlin, in certain instances, has more empathy than Reese. But you don't become the most powerful High Lord in Brithian with... But why is he the most fucking powerful High Lord? For what? Uh, Sarah Janet? Did you just try to mimic my eye roll face? I... That is not how I look. And I... You know what? No, it's more like this. <laughs> Ew. That is not how I look. You would <laughs> look. It is. 
what? You're so close to doing it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not doing it. My eyes are closed. I can't see anything, but I can feel it. Oh, you just counting down the minutes until I fucking do it? Oh, I thought you were going to say until you leave. Oh. oh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. You know what? It's not even near our regular Friday night bedtime. So fuck off. I know. Hope your child wakes you up extra early in the morning. He doesn't wake me up on. And if Jameson's home, he just goes straight to Jameson. (laughs) He doesn't even try to wake me up. Do you want to have like an interesting conversation before I give you like a little bit of a theory that I found? I was on Reddit. (laughs) But not in a scary way. Like I scare myself. So this was posted by this was posted by aggravating dash week eight eight five zero. As this whole week. Are we even going to get a Bryce POV in CC3? And I read that and I was like, what? So I'm going to read you their post, but then also I'm going to read you some comments. Are you saying this is going to be like the Tower of Dawn books of Crescent City? There is there is that. So it said, so aggravating week 8850 says, I never thought we would not until I read a comment on here that theorized CC3 would be a TOD style and feature other character perspectives like Rune Hunt and everyone else in that world. And then we would get Bryce's perspective in the next Akatar book. Oh, fuck. IDK, maybe we will get some of her POV, but it would be hard for CC3 not to spoil the new Akatar if it featured too much of her perspective. And then they have edit. Maybe I should clarify since my bo- my post was kind of confusing. I think we will definitely get Bryce's POV, but I don't know how much of it. I was always expecting the majority of the book to be her POV with some chapters from those in the CC world. But now I wonder if she will have less of a POV so the next Akatar will not be spoiled, which this was posted seven days ago from the record date. And it's like... And then it says, now I'm leaning towards either minimal Bryce POV, like majority CC POV, or there will be at least some spoilers for the next Akatar. And before I get into some of the comments that I found, I think that I don't know if this person necessarily understands that, like Sarah has said, you have to read Crescent City for the next Akatar book to even make sense. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know that that's like relatively new that she's coming out and saying that. And so it's OK. This was from seven days ago, so I'm not going to shit on this person. Because I understand that they may not quite understand that. And so then, <laughs> Mediocre Phase 2779 says, Hofast is the last book of Bryce and Hunt's story in CC. It wouldn't make any sense for the book to not have any Bryce POV. And I don't think this book will spoil anything for the new Akatar book. SGM knows what she's doing. Whatever tidbits we learn, we're supposed to. And I was like, yes, I do agree with that. Because she has said that this is going to be the wrap-up of Bryson Hunt. No different than Reese and Feyre. I would just like to say that Emily has. I was thinking it was Emily. She posted six days ago on TikTok that I saw. She's got kind of like her theory of how it's going to be laid out timeline wise. Yeah. I would love to explain it to you whenever you get a minute. Well, what I was just going to say was that it. And I mean, my my view could very well change. But just from reading this, because I definitely wanted to bring it up to you because I wanted your thoughts on it. I don't have thoughts. I only accept you only, Emily's thoughts. You only have Emily's <laughs> thoughts. Well, it because we had three books of Feyre and Reese. That was their story. So we will have more Crescent City books, but with Bryce and Hunt still in there, I feel like no different than in the first three of Akatar because then, you know, we get the novella and then we get Silver Flames and Reese and Feyre are still prominent characters 
in that story. Not the main storyline, especially for Akasif, but there's still clearly a major characters yeah. that play roles in that. And I think that we'll see that in the continuation of Crescent City. But also Crescent City, the CC3, I you know, is going to cross over into the next Akatar book, whether that is Rune's character or even if Hunt is still a prominent hero figure or, you know, with him being a warrior, the Umbra Mortis. And I, I do still think that we're going to see that because I think he'll mesh right in with Cassian and Azriel And But to fully just like cut out, oh, well, you know, if you don't read... We don't want to spoil for the Akatar book. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like that. I don't that. think it's going to be like that. I mean, she dropped a major bomb on us whenever it was My Name is Resand at mm-hmm. the end. of. So it's like the crossover is happening. We just need to accept that and we need to accept it for however it shows up. But I am really interested in what Emily has to say. Here's what Emily has to say. And she frames it as why Elaine's endgame could be revealed in Crescent City 3 with Hofas and Akatar 5 working as tandem reads. And I think that would be great. Because then that would catch everyone up. Which is, I mean, it's, same way with Throne of Glass. Yeah. You can do a tandem read with that. So she says, no matter which way you cut it, the events of Crescent City 3 are going to drastically change the Akatar narrative going forward. As proof of this, consider Bryce. She owns the Star Sword, the sword of the first and only High King of Prithian. She likely has the fourth Dread Trove item in her back, the horn. She bears the exact same starlight as Thea, the Starborn Queen, who once ruled in Prithian. She is overtly connected to the Dusk Court in Prithian. Beyond that, there are even more connections between Akatar and CC. For example, Rune and Reese look identical and are likely related. The Autumn King and the Autumn Court, the Illyrians and the Demons of Hell with the same leathery wings, the Aster- Asteri originally living in Prithian, the Daglan, and wanting to return back there. As such, it's virtually impossible for these connections to be simply ignored in the next Akatar book. It will also be near impossible for Akatar 5 to take place after the events of Hofas, as a significant amount of people have only read Akatar, not Crescent City. So these people would have no idea about the Dusk Court, about Bryce and Midgard, and everything that transpired in an entire 800-page-long book. So... To mitigate and solve this issue, I believe Akatar 5 will be Elaine's book and it will take place sometime after the events of Akasef. In a more recent interview, SJM suggested that there will be six months between the events of Akasef and Bryce Landing in Prithian. Thus, as per this theory, sometime within the six-month gap is when Elaine's book would begin. So Akasef ends, six, month goes, six months go by, mm-hmm. Bryce lands in Prithian. <clears throat> Elaine's book begins at some point during the six months between the two. Mm-hmm. Then around halfway through Elaine's book, Bryce will land in Prithian and the events following that will be told from Elaine's point of view. This will allow SJM to introduce Akatar only readers to Bryce and the CC characters to the existence of the other worlds, to the multiverse, to the key lore from the Crescent City that they need to know, etc. about Thea, the Dusk Court, the Princess of Hell, etc. She says, though it could start earlier or later. This also aligns perfectly signed the three sister peaks theory. In Akasef, we are told that there are three sister mountains and each seemingly corresponds to an Archeron sister. Under the mountain is Farah's story, Ramiel is Nesta's story, which leaves the third mountain, the one on the prison island, to the third sister, Elaine. But as we now know, the prison island is almost certainly the Dusk Court. And here's an excerpt. And it says, Era shrugged and Nesta knew Cassian monitored his every breath. There are three of them, you know, sister peaks. This one the mountain called the prison and the one the Illyrian brutes called Ramiel, all bald barren mountains at odds with those around them. 
As such, both Elaine's story in Akatar 5 and Bryce's story in Hofast is set to center around the Dusk Court in some capacity. It makes sense that their stories can be told in tandem. It also aligns with Elaine's likely mystic abilities. There's no better Akatar character to kick off the multiverse than the one who can communicate with those in other worlds. It's Example, Hell and Midgard, those in Aurelia. Mm-hmm. Side note, this doesn't mean that Elaine and Bryce will be side by side experiencing the same things. In fact, I think the opposite will be true as as SJM likely wouldn't want too much of Elaine's story spoiled in Hofast. So I see it more as two independent stories that will intertwine at key points to form one cohesive overarching multiverse narrative. But most importantly, this means that both Hofast and Akatar 5 can end at roughly the same point in time. So going forward, the next CC and or Akatar book can continue the multiverse narrative seamlessly. Everyone will be on the same page. So she's got a little diagram here and we can link this in the show notes as well. But it's like Akasif ends. Six months later, Bryce arrives. But during that six months, Elaine's book starts. Then Hofast is going to start at some point within Elaine's story as well. Both books roughly finish around the same time. However, if this theory is correct, then when we are reading Hofast, Elaine's story will have already begun. This means we will see her with either Asriel or Lucian, and the in-game pairing will be confirmed. That way, come 2024, readers will know who Elaine ends up with just in time for Akatar 5 announcement to come later on. Assuming that SJM still keeps Elaine's perspective and appearances relatively limited in Hofast, then Akatar 5 will be about how Elaine and Ariel or Illusion came to be so almost backtracking and telling their story up until what we see them in Hofast to exemplify how this could work and how Hofast and Akatar 5 could intertwine for Elaine and Lucian Bryce exploring the connections between the Autumn King and the Autumn Court involving Lucian Bryce seeing the Pegasi at the Dawn Court Dawn it literally says Day Court I just put that in my I mouth I mean close enough is the plural of Pegasus Pegasi I, I mean octopus Crampi. Crampi. Cactus. Geese. Geese-i? <laughs> it's just geese. Moose and Mises. Yeah, mo- that would have been a better example. Mooses. Moose-i? Mo- Meese. Mises. It's just moose. But- it. I know. Anyways. Anywho. And then Elaine and Azrael. Bryce connected to Azrael because of the sword and knife and the prophecy and the connections to hell and the dust court. This also aligns with how Akasef was marketed. From the get-go, readers knew that it was Nesta and Cassian's story and that they would be endgame. They're even both mentioned on the Akasef blurb and in SJM's Instagram promotional posts. Which is just like CC3BT dubs. One paragraph is Bryce POV, one is Hunt's POV. So then this says, with this route, the same can now apply for the marketing of Elaine's book. So she's saying in Hopefast, we're going to see who she ends up with. And then the marketing of that for Elaine's book would be like it's going to show you how it came to be the same way that Akasef shows you so just like TOD tandem yeah so she's saying with this route the same can now apply for the marketing of Elaine's book and the ship wars can be resolved before the book even comes out so it it could be like you know a court of blank and blank of course for Elaine's book but yeah so a court of silver flames like you know that flowers and no potatoes sorry I know I was trying to come up with something witty I'm like (laughs) it's like court of I don't know. A court of barren soil. <laughs> a court of flowers and wood chips. I don't know. <laughs> no, Papa Artron's gone. That Elaine so would, or that Nesta would not chop. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that makes sense. Like with the marketing of Akasef. Yeah. After Akawar and, you know, Frost and Starlight, like you see that 
Cassian wants to talk to, or wants to be with Nesta or whatever, but like it's not working out. But then the marketing for it. Yeah, that did not work you out. You know <laughs> that they're going to, you know that it's their story essentially. So yes. I like this theory that Hofast could like, confirm the end game for us. And then Elaine's book, we're going to see how it plays out. And then out. everybody can calm the fuck down about it. Yeah. And then we can just prep for it. And all the people that are upset about it can just like, you know, simmer. Better not be me. Well, if it is, we'll have a lot to talk about. I swear to God, if Lucian is not. He's going to be. Deliriously happy. I know. We love Lucy. I know. I know. I didn't didn't bring this up for you to get all upset. I'm sorry. It's fine. I just love Lucian so much. I know. He deserves it. As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst dog-earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top-grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading nook. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com. Okay, so there is one. So just to follow up, so then Aggravating Week 8850 says, to clarify, I don't want this to happen either. I'm just wondering because logistically, how is CC3 not going to spoil the next Akatar book? Which I don't necessarily think that is spoiling it, especially well, no, when because she there's going up, to be like, so much in between yeah. that happens. And those characters are going to have their ups and downs, just like I don't even know what the blurb on Akasef reads. Oh, it reads weird because you were like, is this even a real sentence? We, <laughs> There's a part of it that you're like, have you read this? Yeah. But anyways, then Books and Dreams said, I get what you're asking and it's a valid question. CC3 is supposed to be about six months after Akasif, I believe. I have a feeling that CC3 and Akatar 5 might be like EOS and TOD tandem read. And in CC3, we will get the Midgard gang multiple POVs. Uh, the, literally the last line is Nesta and Cassian battle monsters from within and without. Yeah, that's yeah. the line. Yeah, that's the line. Nesta and Cassian battle monsters from within and without as they search for acceptance and healing in each other's arms. Barf. So, I mean, you knew they were going to be together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, in CC3, we will have the Midgard gang multiple POVs. While in Prithian, we will get Bryce's POV and she will be with a few characters. So far, her bonus chapters are with Nesta and Az. That's the Walmart.com one. Meanwhile, other Akatar characters head off on their own missions, probably the Koshe and Vasa arc. We may not see a lot of more or Jurian, and we may not even really see a lot of Lucian until like maybe towards the very end, kind of like very similar to Frost and Starlight. And then we won't get that POV or storyline until the next Akatar no- novel. And then guess who, you know, commented six days ago? None other than our very good friend. Emiego. And then this is pretty much where she basically is talking about that she 100% agrees and was planning on making a post about this. So you pretty much just read what she had. And then she does have the a photo of the timeline of the end of Akasif, Elaine's book, the crossover of Hofas, 
And then like next CC or Akatar book now that we're lined up on the same timeline. So I don't know. I just thought that it was just an interesting concept to think about given that we are like from the time of this recording, we are 31 days out. I just kind of wanted to see what like, well, what your thoughts were, but what Amy's thoughts were. She has on here. So she said, no matter which way you cut it, the events of Hofast are going to drastically change the Akatar narrative going forward. For example, Bryce has the sword, blah, 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 blah. Kind of all the stuff that you literally said. And there's simply no way to ignore all of this in the next Akatar book. Nor can SJM kick off the next Akatar book after Bryce has arrived because Akatar only readers are going to be so confused. And so she believes that Akatar... She needs to just like make a make an Instagram post. Go read Crescent City. Go read Crescent City. That's all Sarah needs to post. Yes. Go read Crescent City. Go read Crescent City. All of it. Get through the Power first hundred through. fucking pages and shut Get up. Get over yourself. Yeah. Do it. So Emily's I'm like, such I a bully. I can't help I, it. I but I will it's say it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's it is. I know everyone loves Throne of Glass. I also love Throne of Glass. I think Crescent City might be her best work yet. I'm obsessed with it. And, and I, I will say that I I'm very active in all these groups, and I say active. I'm I'm a lurker. Yeah, you are. And all of these groups and all this stuff, and I am seeing so many people say. I'm forcing myself to read Crescent City again. I'm trying it again. And I can't get over how much I love it this time. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, thank God. There was a girl that, and I can't remember what form it it was in. Literally asking, oh, she actually like, I think sent me a comment about something. And I might have, I might have put something on like one of Sass's cosplay videos or whatever. And asking me like, what I thought about Crescent City because it was I think it was a Lahaba video or something she's like I don't really understand this reference this character looks great though and then somebody was like oh it's from the Crescent City world and she was like I have seen where people have said that they don't like it and so I haven't really tried it and because I had put on there oh my god she's our girl love her because you know we love Lily and I was like you need to stop reading other people's opinions about it on the internet and I was like there's a lot just so just to give you a forewarn there's a lot of info dumping and then that's whenever I was just like we are currently working on summaries in the podcast and I was like if you begin reading that get to a certain point and then go through and listen to our summaries I was like there's also really great and I like linked Yaz she was like thank you so much she's like you're the first person that was like real with me and not trashing me for not reading it or trashing me for being interested in reading it and I'm like guys we have to get over that first off stop if someone is interested let them read whatever the fuck they want to read secondly these worlds are crossing over whether we like it or not which we love it but love it it. but it really is and you know I'm a huge throne of glass stan why could you never why can I never say it (laughs) and it's literally my favorite and But I truly have, and I mean, I liked Crescent City the first read through. There was never a moment where I was like, oh my God. But I have also been reading fantasy and high fantasy my entire life. So like to be able to consume the world building that way, I had no issue with it. I was like, okay, buckle up. This is clearly... I will admit that I had issue and even towards the beginning of this podcast i'm like can we please lay this all out yeah please explain this to me I, I, well, who is a because it because it is a everyone. lie everyone <laughs> that's just 
pretty much like everyone is either a Volg or a Veneer. So, and some of them are both. And if they're not human, then what are they? Veneer. Yeah, they're Veneer. But it, so for me to be able to consume that, like I said, is it was nothing. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna have to probably flip back and forth. You know, I was one. I was a kid that I would stick scrap pieces of paper where I was like, okay, I kind of feel like that if I need to flip back and forth to keep track of who maybe who is who or somebody's power. So basically, I guess just now telling you in person, I was tabbing. I just didn't know. There you go. <laughs> I was stabbing. Because I'm like, okay, especially if a book, if it's a lot. And then I also did read a lot of classic novels where sometimes I would have to mark characters so I could remember exactly like who their relation was with somebody else. But we, we need to understand that she is writing these. So they're going to cross over. And if you need help, there is plenty of resources to be able to help line things out for you. And not even, even outside of our own podcast, but I think just trying to shit on somebody because truly, Yes, this this is a high fantasy style novel because there is such extreme world building. So I, I'm really interested. Again, it's so close for us to get there. Like we're almost fucking there. So I'm so excited to see how it's going to unfold. But I just I think that we just need to support the people that are unsure and guide them and show them that it's it's worth the info because the reward you're going to reap the benefits of that in that reward afterwards. And then you're going to be able to go into the next Akatar book and you're going to know what the fuck's going on. Sarah's just like a writer that it doesn't matter what she puts out. I'm going to freaking read it. Yeah. And I can't comprehend other people not feeling the same. No, I understand. She's just one of those that you'll follow blindly. And, and that's perfectly fine. That's also me with JLA. I know that there's a lot of people that shit on her or, and I'm just like, you know what? Like, I love her. I think she's fun to read. I like the worlds that she has built. I, I appreciate her writing style because she, she also like writes for her reader. You know, she's another one that writes for her readers and that's what Sarah does too. And if you're not on board with it, that's fine. You don't have to be. But I think that, and then this is just really some of that culture stuff where we see just a lot of that like cult, like toxic culture on social media. Like, and that's why we're afraid of Reddit, like being shit on and attacked on Reddit. But it's like, just let people read what they want to read. Unless you don't want to read Crescent City, then we're going to bully you in. Yeah, we will definitely bully you in that. Because if you're going to sit here and you're going to tell us that you love Akatar and Throne of Glass, you need to fucking read Crescent City. Yeah. Because I'm sorry, it's all interwoven. And, you know, and that's why I think that this is so important for us. Because quite honestly, she is going to be one of the first female authors to do this. She's doing, and I I know I have said this. That we're aware of. That we're aware of. I mean, if there's more... Let us know. But for this magnitude of a following. Yeah. You know, she she is pulling a marvel. And as we get closer, it gets even more exciting. Where we're like, holy shit. She is pulling a marvel but that keeps building. They're literally yeah. still making shows for characters that have been in all these Marvel movies. So imagine the world that she can continue to build. But just even so... Even so, like, she could make this massive and it could just be <laughs> <laughs> massive. 
horizontally scale it yeah huge 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 but like vertically the way she's scaling it too it's not like she's giving us a bunch of surface level stuff over a wide thing i just read you the tamlin thing yeah that little shift the shift in his eyes i don't know just and it's those minute details that a i love that people find and i love that people compare because that's also what makes this so much fun for us for you and i to send that shit to each other words we get giddy we get excited Mm -hmm. because even if it's not us realizing it, it's that, oh my God. And then also to be able to share that fun stuff with everyone, because you know, there are people that are not on Reddit that are scared of Reddit or off of Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. So the shit that you send me on TikTok, I'm like, Ooh, this is foreign to me. Speaking of Reddit, I saw a thread the other day and it was like making fun of people who read SJM's books and have all these theories and stuff. And they're like, guys, it's not that deep. Like sometimes what it says is just what it is. And I'm like, is it is that Sarah tell us you to don't know us? how to think critically without telling us you don't know how. I'm just kidding but are you because no. we literally say that to each other all the time like just critically think about it like to people that say shit like I, that I get wanting to read books and not dissect them and, I get that and, there and are you books can that like do that. that with these yeah but you can't tell us that it's not possible or that there's not more right. there because over and over and over so many brilliant creators, page. not us, not us. We just bring a platform to the brilliant. Creators. We are the stage <laughs> to present them. But We're the Vanna Whites there you of go. this. <laughs> there's so many brilliant creators proving, like disproving that again and again and again. And I just, I know I just, I appreciate these creators so much. Mm-hmm. I appreciate all of the thought that people put into this. I love it. I just, Obviously, we've created an entire podcast about it. We just eat it up. We have people listening to our podcast because they love it too. And I just, I love sharing it. So if you see those Reddit posts making fun of theorist, let it go because we've got your back. We've got your back. We we are here. We are listening to you. And also, don't let people shit on you if you are a grown ass adult and you love this kind of shit. Raising my hand. Raising your hand. I mean, I have. I don't know what you mean by grown ass adult because I. I'm a 32 year old teenager. No, I know. I will never, we will never grow out of our emo punk phase ever. <laughs> and I, it, it's, it's, but it's Instagram and Reddit and TikTok have allowed those of us that have had to almost feel like they've had to be like closeted, like fantasy readers and consumers for so long because it wasn't cool. And you felt like that no one was going to think you were cool. And, so it was like, oh, I'm just not going to be mainstream nerdy, you know, mm. and to have it to where I can go and find those people, find my people and then have one of my lifelong friends become one of those people and I should be able to share stuff like this. Like, I think that's what makes fandoms like this so much fun. And I know there's a very dark side to this fandom. And I, that's why we try to be on the light side of it. And just support I mean, those people. Anything. You can't have can't have the good without the opposite of it but but it's you know those people that are shitting on it and those people that just they just don't get it and that's okay they don't have to get it no one's no one's asking them but we get it for us to be like here is tamlin's eyes or here is you know it oh here's a book that showed up from one world to the other or like the most minute things but that's what's so much fun also like how much sleep are we going to lose? Because you know that bitch is going to drop at 11 p.m. our time. 
that's what Jameson's like. You're just, you're not even going to sleep that night. I'm like, probably not. No, and probably not. And I appreciate not. you not being upset for me for knowing that fact. Yep. Ain't no shame in that game. Because that's what happened to me what with gold. I do audible books. <laughs> I, I think that it goes. It says usually around midnight Eastern time. So 11 o'clock our time. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's really nice to be in that. So it's how many? It's about the same amount of pages as Sky and Breath. Yes. It's very close. It's eight something. So if I start that. At 11 p.m. when it drops? At 11 p.m. when it drops. I could be done with it by like 9 a.m. probably. Olivia, you're not even going to be like comprehending at that point. You don't know me like that. (laughs) At first I thought you were trying to flip me off and I was like, are you stroking? (laughs) What is going on? Um, And then what, you're going to re-listen to it during the day whenever you wake back up? Yes. Yes, you are. Absolutely. I actually don't don't even know why I fucking asked that. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to listen to it all night as soon as it drops with my Kindle version probably. And then I'll probably be at Target when they open and pick it up a hard copy because you know good and well my Barnes and Noble copy will not be there on release day. Oh my god, there's gonna be so many things, bro. I'm gonna have so many of these books show up at my house in case he's gonna shit a brick. Whoopsies. Do you uh want to hear a theory about your favorite Chimera? Yes. Tell me about Syrinx. So this was posted on Reddit seven days ago. Seven. Okay. By Jade Bu- Jaded Bug 13. So this theory was partially inspired by one of the DT Fay podcast theory episodes. That's a cool podcast name. But they say, but I can't remember which one. But they talk about how uh, Shrinks having a male, quote, male scent is suspicious. And then them thinking that he was Apollyon coming through the cracks slash possessing Syrinx somehow. Or that he was a shifter with a fey form who we haven't met yet. I've also seen this theory floating around on here, but haven't even considered it when I was originally reading the books. There's also always the option that he was someone that Jezeba turned into a chimera as she is prone to turn other people into animals, but we've yet to see her turn someone into a more magical animal or combination of animals, a chimera like strengths. She did. They say she bought him though. That's the only thing I would think. But is that what she said? I don't know. She could have very well bought a person. (laughs) We know that Sarah is a fan of Howl's moving castle. But what I'm drawing on here is what Miyazaki film is actually loosely based on the first book in a series of the same name by Diana Wynne Jones. In the film, the scarecrow turnip head is turned back into the missing Prince Justin at the end after helping Sophie throughout, well, everything. There's also this strange dog-like creature looks like some sort of long-haired beagle with feet that do not look like they belong on the same animal, a chimera perhaps, named Heen, that works for Madame Solomon and later joins Sophie's little family. Notably, there's not really anything more to him in the film than that, which brings me to the book. In the book, Heen does not exist. Rather, there is a dog man, mainly named... Percival and briefly Gaston and by dog man, he shifts randomly 
and unstably between a man and different breeds of dogs who has no memory of his past. So he's suffering amnesia and just shifts around as different dogs. What a life. Percival was quite literally made out of a combination of parts from the wizard Solomon and Prince Justin by the Witch of the Waste. So this is all in Howl's Moving Castle. And was her servant for a time. A human creature named Gaston. Until she got mad at him and turned him into a dog and left him leashed at a market. Until Sophie untied him and he ended up running off living with her sister, Letty, and another character as a cursed dog man. Letty sends him to look after Sophie when she finds out she's living with Hal, and eventually Hal lifts the dog curse, restoring Percival to personhood. But he doesn't recover his memory until after the Witch of the Waste and her fire demon are destroyed and Hal can separate all of the Prince Justin parts out of Percival and restore him to personhood using the Prince Justin body the Witch was recreating which sounds very wraith by the way like sticking it into a different body the wizard solomon cast all of his magic off onto a scarecrow when the witch was hacking him to bits and he is able to be restored as well if i remember correctly it's been a long time since i've read the book i just remember these parts because they're crazy anyways (laughs) moving on from house In Greek mythology, a chimera was a monstrous fire-breathing hybrid creature from Lycia, Asia Minor, composed of different animal parts. It is usually depicted as a lion with the head of a goat protruding from its back, that's weird, and a tail that might end with a snake's head. Nowadays, the term chimera or chimeric has been used to describe a number of concept things, etc. A fusion protein is also called a chimeric protein. One could argue that Percival was a chimeric person composed of two separate individuals. They are theorizing here that if Strinx is anybody other than Bryce's magical animal companion, he is composed of the parts of two plus individuals who Jezba made into a chimera, either by turning them into animals first and combining them, or combining them and then turning them into a literal chimera. Perhaps this would explain the things about Syrinx, like his, quote, male sense, scent, and apparent ability to winnow. And then they have on here, however, I can't think of any crucially absent characters from Crescent City who would be so important to the plot other than maybe Sirius. But... I mean, Sirius was consumed and destroyed. And whoever Hunt's daddy was, who knows? Maybe he's Peleus plus question mark, question mark, question mark. Who do you think he is? And then a wise specialist, 5458, says, interesting. Don't forget, Asteria are pretty set on keeping chimeras as species as lesser and regulate their sale. They branded their magic dangerous and unpredictable. What if they were shifters and Asteria made them stuck in animal bodies? Not just drinks, but all chimeras at Midgard. Also, I just want you to know that Emmy Ego put on here that this theory is super interesting. So it's like, so, so on that DTFA podcast, they shared that they think he might be a shifter and then somebody else came up with the thing with howls. Or did they come up with that? 
The DT Faye podcast theory episode talked about how Strings had a male scent and is suspicious and them thinking that maybe he was a poly and coming through the cracks possessing drink somehow or that he was a shifter with a fey form who we haven't met yet and then that there's also the option that he was someone that Jezeba turned into a chimera and so then to kind of like piggyback off of that that then she went into Hal's who the reddit user jaded bug 13 okay I was just trying to get all that straight in my head. Yep. <laughs> so then this is Nanche and they're in the comments and it says, so I kind of have two weird floating theories and then they have one that is posted, but strengths in mythology is a nymph who is said to be beautiful and look like Artemis. She was a worshiper of Artemis as well. She was hounded by the God Pan. So she fled into the river Ladon and was turned into reeds. Pan then used those reeds for his pan pipes. So if Bryce theor- theoretically seems to be similar to Artemis, Strinks is connected to Artemis, which means that, he would be connected to Bryce. However, a Chimera is somewhat connected to Orion as well. Cerebus is a sibling to Orthrus and the Chimera. Orthrus is the two-headed dog that is said to be Orion's dog. Mm. The constellation Canis Major and Canis Minor represent Orthrus. Orthrus, the constellation, also contains the star Sirius, the dog or wolf star. And I just thought that that was... And then I love how Nanche is also like Pollux is a star in Gemini, which is right near Orion too. I just thought that that was just really, really interesting because, you know, it, Syrinx is taken to hunt like immediately. Mm-hmm. So like there, and, and we've kind of like yeah, brought up as, about as there as being as, a connection. Right. Sorry. As soon as he's on the roof, he's like, he's like crying for him. And Bryce is like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, who did she buy him from? How, what is their lifespan like as magical creatures that are like quote unquote lesser beings? Can they live a really long time? And somehow the chimeras are linked back to Hunt's lineage? I mean, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know shit about shit, but I'm just saying I would love to find out because it it's so, and we've brought it up, just that relationship that strings has with i mean it's wild it's kind of like me and red immediately he's like you're it so this is that nanche and it says so i love mythology which is where all my theories stem from i'm doing deep dives into figuring out more information just to give myself something to read while i wait for hofas same girl artemis is the goddess of the moon wild animals the hunt vegetation childbirth and chastity which like Whenever she was like holding out for yeah, Hunt. That's weird. She is said to be a chorotrophic deity, a protector of children. Not her like running to Asphodel Meadows and As- then worried about Emil. Yeah. Yeah. She is said to also be the goddess of healing. Hmm, her powers. The Amazons worshipped Artemis and were fiercely strong and independent which describes our girl quite accurately. Also, my brain immediately went to Valkyries, just like the Amazon and like the Valkyries. The Amazon were women warriors, like Mm -hmm. very Wonder Mm Woman-esque. Anyways, that's not what this part is, but that's just where my brain went. So the Amazons, they were warriors and hunters who were skilled, who were as skilled and courageous as men in physical agility, strength, 
archery, writing skills, and the arts of combat. Not Bryce because Randall teaching her all that shit. Mm -hmm. Anyways. The Amazons, ironically enough, were said to be from the same place that used to be known as Illyria. Amazing. The nymph Strinx in mythology <laughs> was a follower of Artemis and said to resemble her as well. Copycat. Strinx, as in Bryce Chimera. But wait, there's more. That's what it says. That's on me. I mean, I said it, but she wrote it. A chimera in mythology is sibling to Cerebus. Orthus, Orthrus, there's literally an R in one and not in the other, was also considered to be a chimera. Some myths have the constellations Canis Major and Minor represented of the double-headed Orthus. But a star inside of those constellations, Sirius, the dog star. But Sirius, Orion, you guys... I know I keep seeing people say that these theories are insane, but the threads are there. SJM is a genius who loves to plant tidbits to see if we catch them. I enjoy learning more about mythology and applying it to what I know about the other books. I think like you can definitely draw the parallels between Bryce and Artemis as far as mythology. And especially if we're looking at the Amazon, because those things like lined up too well with Bryce and her character overall. So then I decided to Google Artemis and Orion in mythology. So this will actually make you feel pretty good. You ready? Yeah. Orion was a famously talented hunter and a very good looking young man. Hair flip. Artemis was an extremely gifted huntress as well. And when she saw Orion, she fell madly in love with him. They hunted together, dined together, but never slept together. (laughs) Pretty close as she continued to hold her virginity in high esteem. I mean, Bryce didn't hold her virginity in high esteem, but there is that parallel where she was like, wait it out. Let's wait Mm -hmm. it out. Let's wait it out till winter solstice. Solstice? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's midnight. Oh. She kills him. She kills him. I was waiting when you were going to say that part. I knew that part. I I had... Isn't she tricked into killing him? Yeah. That's why I think the theory that Regelius inhabits his body is very valid. Also, not it being Apollo who tricked her. Sounds a whole hell of a lot like Apollyon. I better make sure that I'm very hydrated on January 29th. I have a feeling I'm going to cry a lot that night. (laughs) Oh, I was like, why? So this is called the scorpion. It says, while Orion was sleeping, he dreamed about a giant scorpion appearing in the forest to challenge him. He immediately reached for his sword and hit the scorpion, but he could not pierce its armor. They fought all night long. The scorpion almost pierced his heart when he woke up, but then he realized that it was just a nightmare. He got up and walked outside, drenched in sweat, and shocked to see that the scorpion from his dream was in front of him. Apollo sent the scorpion to kill Orion. He immediately battled with the scorpion and similar to his dream, he could not pierce the scorpion's armor. The creature moved closer and closer to him, which makes him decide to swim off from shore. While Orion was escaping from the creature, Apollo approached his sister, which is Artemis, and told her that Candian, an evil man who attacked a forest priestess, was there trying to flee by swimming across the sea. The idea of someone who attacked her own people infuriated Artemis. She went to the sea straight away, and Apollo quickly pointed out the man swimming far out in the sea, whom she did not think was Orion. Artemis abruptly released her arrow, and it accurately hit the right spot, her Orion. 
Confused by her brother's relief, she instantly realizes that it was the man whom she loved. Apollo tricked her. She desperately swam out to the sea, hoping she could still revive Orion. However, she was too late, as the huntsman's spirit already departed his body. In the famous version of their love story, Artemis killed Orion by accident because of Apollo's deception. While swimming away to escape from a monstrous scorpion sent by Apollo, the goddess threw her arrow accurately without recognizing who the person really was as she could only see his head in the distance. Apollo's overprotectiveness towards his sister and jealousy of her love for Orion leads to the death of the hunter. He cleverly manipulates his sister to do the deed to avoid future conflict. Full of anguish anguish and regret <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are you okay <laughs> 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 the funniest part is how shocked you were that that came out of your mouth what happened <laughs> You should have heard me trying to record that solo episode. That has to stay in because that is, it's like my whole mouth stopped. (laughs) I like felt my tongue like, like, it's like I've never spoken before. Oh my God. Anywho, where was I? Full of anguish and regret. (laughs) The goddess took Orion's body using her silver moon chariot. That's fun. And placed her lover in the sky as a tribute to her friend who bears the same name, the Orion constellation. The story of the tragedy between them spread across Crete. Artemis appealed to Asclepius. (laughs) I'm sure that's right. Asclepius. Asclepius. A-S-C-L-E-P-I-U-S. I'm butchering it. But that was also really hard. Asclepius, the god of medicine who specialized in healing to bring Orion back to life. But Zeus refused the idea of bringing the dead back to life as there was a fine line between gods and mere mortals. Orion then gains immortality by living among the stars in the sky. Hypaxia is going to bring him back. He will die. He will, he will be, Bryce will be tricked and she will kill him and Hypaxia will bring him back and he will gain immortality. But that says in the sky. What about in the twilight? What about just in the dusk? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And instead of a scorpion, he will be battling a snake. You know, the Midgard snake. We talked about that a little bit. I don't know if you remember. (laughs) We only had like 14 episodes about it. But I I feel, and we just kind of keep going back to Bryce being deceived. Mm -hmm. Do you know I almost said decepted? (laughs) I think that Hypaxia will bring him back because they were able to bring him back, bring Reese and Amran back from the cauldron. Feyre was brought back. I think that we're going to see it. I think it's going to be Hypaxia using her necromancy powers. Eh? Maybe, but why would she be there? Or you think Bryce comes back? I think Bryce comes back. Either that or Hunt gets to her. That's what I'm saying. If Hunt gets to Prithian, like, 
Because if they're going to be opening the Northern the Rift, then... I was thinking like Helion when you said like... Not Helion. Theseon. Yeah. When you said the healing powers. And then Crete is very similar to the name of the island where Draken and Miriam live. Yeah. Well, and then... Is it called Crete? Where's What's the island they live on? It's not. I think it's similar. Cretea. C-R-E-T-E-A. Okay. So she just threw an A on the end. Yeah. So... I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this, but that Orion's father is Poseidon. Wait, what was I literally just reading about Poseidon? Oh, you know what? That might have been when I was reading about Ursula earlier. <laughs> King Poseidon. <laughs> Ariel's dad. No, he's King Triton. <gasps> King Triton. Ursula is King Triton's sister in mythology. Ursula and Triton's parents are Poseidon and Aphrodite. Aphrodite, not di- not Aphrodite. It's Aphrodite. A- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Are we stroking out? Maybe I am. Aphrodite. Aphrodite. Oh, good job! Thanks. So, in Greek mythology, is this Greek mythology? That what I was I reading I literally is, look up who is Ursula in Greek mythology and it gives me this blurb and then it says it's from Once Upon a Time fandom. That is not fucking Greek mythology. Google needs to get their shit together. No, that's like ABC Family mythology. <laughs> oh, damn. Triton has some of those gold armbands that we like. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And he's a silver fox. Um, <laughs> that's great. um He is... In, in mythology or whatever, uh-huh. Triton is the son of Poseidon and Heidi, but it doesn't say anything about Ursula. I think, did Disney make her up? <sighs> Probably. That sounds like a very Walt thing to do. He made Peter Pan racist and made up Ursula. What? There's literally warnings. A dolphin convinces her to marry Poseidon. Amazing. Is it kind of like that woman who had like, the sexual relationships with that dolphin? You know what I'm talking about? No. Thank God. Oh, because that was fucked. There's like a movie about it and shit. Not something that I would watch because even I have morals. Like, (laughs) facts. Don't look at me like that. We don't degrade dolphins. Actually, dolphins are very sexual creatures. So they actually try to fuck humans. They do. Google it. Just don't click on video because I'm sure that that is a fucked up mess. So when I looked up the Draken and Miriam thing. Yeah. Berdaradwin underscore on uh Akatar community reddit says in chapter 16 do we know what resurrected miriam to become made like Feyre? i just crossed that part of the book and this is my second time reading the series and i can't remember if it was acknowledged again could have been sjm's wonderful forgetfulness to explain what it may be <laughs> her ability to forget until she doesn't yeah okay and she slaps and you on the ass with someone it. else says uh it's never mentioning it to my knowledge i know this because i had an argument with someone about it and they didn't believe me i spent two hours looking for the exact quote then the op comes back and says the quote was miriam died a spear through her chest during the last battle at sea reese explained she bled out while she was carried to safety but draken knew of a sacred hidden island where an object of great and terrible power had been concealed an object made by the cauldron itself legend claimed he brought her there to Cretea, used the item to resurrect her make her immortal as you were made Feyre, 
Amron had said it months ago that Miriam had been made as I was. Amron seemed to remember it too, as she said, the king of Hybern must have promised Jurian to use the cauldron to track the item to where Miriam and Draco now live. Perhaps they figured that out and left us as they could, left us as fast as they could. So what was the item? The horn. This, I love this. That, that OP says, I would like to know what that item is. And this, uh, I thought you were going to this bitch. Tim, Tim Vian says, yeah, I have the quote now, but SJM seems to forget about the item completely. Maybe we'll see it soon. Oh, it's on the back of Bryce's says, back. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe we found an Easter egg and this person comes back. I think it's more of a forgotten plot point, to be honest. <laughs> Are they just ye of little faith? Well, anyways, that was fun. What a ride. Sorry that I thought I was giving you something good and then we just uh, were reminded that so much for my happy ending. Avril said it best. No, we're going to get a happy ending. It's going to be rough getting there, but we're going to have it. H-E-A. 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 No? Anyways, you got anything else? I don't. Do you still love me? Yeah. Even if it's just a little bit? Yeah. Well, great. (laughs) So, thanks for listening. That's it? We're wrapping up? I mean, what else you got? I don't know. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. That's what I'm (laughs) saying. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Check out our bonus episodes of House of Sky and Breath chapter recaps right after this episode prepare for the release of house and flame and shadow you can also check out our chapter recaps for house of earth and blood right now as we have completed the entire first crescent city novel you can follow the show on instagram and tiktok at a court of theories you can follow us on our personal pages slide right into our dms or email us your theories at a court of theories at gmail.com Yeah, for you to shut the fuck up, Siri. I'm trying to close us out. My God. Ugh, what a rude bitch. Anyways, you can go ahead and do all those things that I told you to do. (laughs) Wow. Say it again, but nicer. Oh, hey, uh, all the things I suggested, we would love for you to do those things. Good job. Okay, thank you. Okay. So once again, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. We fucking recorded the whole time. (laughs) I love that we're like completely traumatized now.